Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Romans Resurrection. Really, why the resurrection is so important to us. And we're going to be in the book of Romans. And I landed on this, not just because of Easter, obviously, but, but I was talking with someone recently, and they said, why is the resurrection so important? Why? I, I get the cross, the cross, what, it, what happened on the cross, but why is the re- resurrection such a big deal? And I realized that, wow, we need to focus more on the resurrection. We focus on the cross a lot, which is awesome. We should. Good Friday just happened. A lot of you were at different services. But for good reason, the cross, because of what it means to us, what it accomplished, but that's only half the story. The, the cross is only half of the story. We also need to talk about and emphasize the resurrection a lot more. And of course, today, Easter is a great time to do that, right? Without the resurrection, the cross is rendered meaningless. The, the resurrection fulfills the meaning of the cross. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is vital for us in many, many ways. I'm just going to hit on a few of the most important ones today. And if you want to pull out your bulletin there, there's an insert. I, I, got, I got a bunch of P's. I worked it out, got all P's so you can remember. But there's an insert you can kind of follow along and take home with you and, and maybe grab the CD and listen some more. But, but that's there. But let's pray first. Father, we thank you for the worship today. Wow. Just a, a little breath of heaven when we worship you. We thank you for the way that your Holy Spirit is moving. Bringing each one of us here for a very special purpose. We pray for your mercy and grace and your spirit to speak to us now through your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The importance of the resurrection... The importance of the resurrection. The first thing that hit me was that it fulfilled prophecy. The first P, prophecy fulfilled. In fact, in Romans 1, it says, Paul, Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son who as to his human nature was the descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see right away that it talks about, verse 2, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And we see that the prophecies fulfilled, the gospel means the good news, the good news that he promised through his prophets that God, that God spoke through, through his Holy Spirit, in the Holy Scriptures, not just religious writings that you can equate with any other religious book. These are the Holy Scriptures. Taught, Jesus thought that it's actually the Word of God. Genesis through Revelation is the Word of God. And in God's Word are hundreds of detailed prophecies regarding the Messiah, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, which Jesus Christ fulfilled to the smallest detail to assure us and to prove to us that he is the, the Son of God, that Jesus is the one Son of God. The odds of someone fulfilling these scriptures 
are impossible. They're mind-numbing. It'd be like if you won the lottery every second of every day, which I hope you don't play, by the way. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, but it'd be like winning the lottery every second of every day. The, the odds of that happening are impossible, and the odds of anybody fulfilling these prophecies if they weren't the Son of God are impossible. It's just incredible. There's really no doubt about it. When you look at the prophecies that Jesus has fulfilled, and you see how he did it, it's impossible. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that he is really the Son of God. No doubt, unless we really just don't want to believe it. Or really, even more importantly, probably really more realistically, we don't want to surrender our life. I talk to many people about the prophecies and about Jesus Christ, and they can't argue. I mean, they can't, can't argue it. He fulfilled it. He's got to be who God said he was going to be. But really, when you get right down to it, it's because there's something in their life they don't want to surrender. They don't want to submit to God in some area. They want to hang on to sin. They want to hang on to their own self-will. They want to hang on to their own goals in life instead of submitting to God's, which are way better, which are going to be way more fulfilling, going to leave us way happier, but we hang on to that garbage. There's no doubt about it. It's impossible unless we don't want to believe because God clearly predicted Jesus Christ's death and resurrection through his prophets and it's recorded in his word. One of my favorites, many, many, but one of my favorites, one of the most powerful, I love to focus on, Isaiah 53. talks about the death and resurrection of the coming Messiah hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Verse, uh, verse 1, starting in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shares is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Who can speak and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. And cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life 
and though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Wow. One of hundreds of prophecies. And closely connected with the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled is the second P that I want to focus on, and that is proof. The resurrection not only fulfilled prophecies, but it was proof that Jesus is who he said he is. In Romans, back to Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, he says, regarding his son who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and through and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. The resurrection is proof. It proves that Jesus is the Son of God. How do we know? How do we know Jesus Christ is really the Son of God? Why do we follow this guy? Why have we given our life to him? Why are some of you here seeking, trying to figure out the answers? Why? How do we know he's really the son of God? That his death really accomplished something for us? How do we know that if we put our faith in him, our sins are forgiven? How do we know if we say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. He, he died for my sin so that I could be forgiven. I put my faith in him. How do we know that means anything? How do we know that means our sins really are forgiven? How do we know that means that someday we'll spend eternity with him in heaven someday? How do we know that? Because he came back from the dead just like he promised. What if I said, uh, I'm the Messiah? There's a lot of false messiahs out there, right? We talked about that last week. What if I say, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to heal you of your sin. And I'm going to get you into heaven someday. If you'll just believe in me. Then I die. And I'm gone. What assurance do you have that I did something for you? None. But what if I say, I will die for you and then come back after three days to prove I'm doing something for you? And then I actually do it. Now we have something to hold on to. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. That's what he did for us. That's the difference. That's the proof. That's, what, that's the guarantee. Sir Lionel Lucku, he was born in 1914. I don't know when he died. When I had this, got this article, he hadn't died yet. He was the ambassador of Barbados in Guyana. He was knighted twice by the Queen of England. He served on the Supreme Court of Guyana. He was the world's most successful criminal attorney. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, he has spoken at the United Nations, before kings and parliaments all over the world. After... This is his story. After diligently studying, this is his testimony, after diligently studying Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, and numerous other religious leaders, he accepted Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior in 1978. This is what he said. 
He said, the bones of Muhammad are in Medina. The bones of Confucius are in Chantung. The cremated bones of Buddha are in Nepal. Thousands pay pilgrimage to worship at their tombs, which contain their bones. But in Jerusalem, there's a cave cut into the rock. This is the tomb of Jesus. It is empty. Yes, empty, because he is risen. He died physically and historically. He arose from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God. That's the proof. That is what has brought many of us to Christ. The proof. The proof. And that proof is what brings us to faith. That proof is what brings us to, to Christ and to the cross. And we pray and put our faith in Jesus and ask for forgiveness and give our life to him. That's the proof. But even, the resurrection isn't just for coming to Christ. The resurrection, there's a vital importance to the resurrection after we put our faith in Christ. After we're Christians. It, 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 there's a, the, the proof, the resurrection has a power for us in our daily walk. The third P is a picture. It's a picture of our own spiritual resurrection and our new life in Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, 1 to 4, it says this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in the death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead... Through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The resurrection is a picture of what happened to us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why baptism is so important. It's why it's commanded, in fact. It's a picture of our new life in Christ. And we're going to be having a baptism service in the river this summer, if you've never been baptized as a believer, not talking about the baby christening thing, but as a believer, the Bible says, believe and be baptized. The baby thing is a dedication. This is something different. If you've never been baptized as a believer, see me ASAP because we're getting a list. We've got a long list already started. It's going to be an awesome baptism. But baptism is very important. It's a picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Just like it says here in Romans. When we go under the water, that's like just like when Jesus died for our sins. He went down into the grave. He died for our sins. He was buried. And it's a picture of how we are, once we, when we put our faith in Jesus, we are buried. We die to our sins. Every sin is forgiven. Every sin is forgotten. All shame is washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's a daily washing too, isn't it? Because we still sin, we still struggle, we still fall, we still fall back, we falter in our faith. But that same forgiveness is always waiting for us. That same cleansing is always waiting. That same mercy and grace at the throne of grace is always there. Don't listen to the lies. It's always there. He's waiting for us to come back. He's waiting for us to be cleansed every day. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. So it's a picture. But also the baptism is a further picture of the resurrection because when we come up out of the water, it's just as when Jesus rose from the dead and we are 
we are spiritually coming up out of that water. We are given a new life in Jesus Christ. The moment This already happened. When you put your faith in Christ, you already died to your old self and you already came out a new person. But when you're baptized, you're showing people a physical picture of what has happened inside of you. It's something they can see, but it already happened. And that's why baptism is so important and so moving. The Holy Spirit touches us in a very special way because it's a picture of our new life. When we go under the water, it's a picture of dying to our old self. When we come out of the water, it's a picture of our new life in Jesus Christ. Which brings us to another P. It's a picture, but it's a picture of the power that we now have. A picture of the power that we now have. The power we now have is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We now have the ability to live a new life. It's not, we, the, the resurrection isn't just to bring us to Christ, which is awesome, the, the, the proof and the prophecy. And it's not just a, a picture of what happened to us, but it's also to continue on. That resurrection power is to continue on every day. It's the power that we have. It's a picture. We now have a, 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 the power to live a brand new life. In John, uh, Romans, Romans 6 verse 5 Listen to what he says. He says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of I'm sorry, for we, know, I'm trying, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your bodies to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Woo! We now have the power to say no to our old life. Once you put your faith in, faith in Christ, you now have the power to say no to your old life, to the old self, to the old addictions, to the old lies, to the old sin and temptation. We now have the power to do that. But there's the key that right, there's a couple keys here that are very important to accessing this power, to living by the resurrection power. So there's some vital, vital keys here. The first one in verse 6, he says... For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. We have to know something. We have to know the truth. That the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ and give your life to him, at that moment, Jesus Christ has set us free. He has given us a brand new life. We must know that. It's very important. It's foundational to living this, this resurrection power, to living this Christian life. We have to know it. So many Christians are ignorant. We're ignorant. We don't know the word. We don't know the truth. And as a result of that, we're still living by our old feelings, our old sinful feelings that, have be, that, that, we, that developed through years of sin and, and temptation and habit. And we're still living by those old feelings because of that. And imagine this. Imagine you 
were really adopted by your parents. Some of you are adopted, nothing wrong with that. But imagine some of you were, some, you, imagine you were adopted, and you found out that you were adopted, and your real father is Superman. Imagine that. Wouldn't it be kind of cool? You've all seen the movies, you know, you know what happens to you. Superman finds out he's really a Superman, right? But, but imagine you find out, but what would you think about all those, think you're 50 years old now. All those years, you didn't know you had superpowers. You didn't use your superpowers. You could have been flying to work. You didn't have to wait in the line, you know. You didn't have to sit in traffic jams. You didn't have to study for exams. You could just look through the books, you know, with your x-ray vision and, and take your test. Wouldn't that be awesome? You could have done that. You wasted all that time in your life. But so many of us as Christians, we do the same thing. We are children of Superman. We're God's children. We have the resurrection of power of Jesus Christ, but we don't know it because we don't know the word. We don't know it because we don't, we don't know the truth of the word. We have to know, first of all, who we are in Jesus Christ. And then after that, very important, the next thing, and this is all in the outline there, verse 11, in the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word there, count, is some of your older versions say reckon. Reckon. It means to believe it. It means to believe something. It's one thing to know something, but if we know something we don't believe it, it doesn't do us any good. We have to really believe. We can know something, but until we really believe it, it doesn't do us any good. Remember learning to ride a bike. Some of you are learning now. Or learning how to swim. And your parents would say, you can do it. Let go of me. You can swim. Let go of my arm. You can ride the bike. Come on, just go. You can do it. Remember? And you knew it was possible. You had seen your siblings do it. You see other kids swimming and having fun. But as soon as they let go, what do we typically do? Freak out. You know, sink into the water. We tip over in our bike. You know, we freak out. Because we, we, we don't, we, we, we freak out. What was the key? What was the key when you finally learned how to swim? Or finally learned how to ride bike? Right. You had to believe you could do it. You have to believe it. But the nice thing about this is we don't have to believe we can do it. We have to believe God can do it through us. We have to believe it. Very, very important. And not only when we... What, what was the key when we really believed it? What did we do? We acted on it. And that's the next part. We let go. We let go and we, we went. Let go and go, right? That's what we did. And, and that's the next thing is knowing it, believing it, but then the key, and this is where the rubber really hits, hits the road, because a lot of us know we're free in Christ, and we believe it, but will we live it? Will we act on it? Verse 13 says this, Do not offer, after we know it, after we believe it, verse 13, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Every part of our body, from, our, from the head to our toes, from our mind to our hearts, to every part, of our, every part of our body. Will we act on what we know, what we believe? Faith in action. I, I, we, this is when we say, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what my flesh is telling me. I don't care what the devil is tempting me with. I know what the truth of God's word says. And I believe it. And now I'm going to act on it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to act on it. And it's a daily, hourly, minute, second by second decision, right? 
constantly at the battle for our mind and our heart. It's every day, every hour, every minute. We constantly are must act on what we know and believe. First, we've got to know it, know the word. Then we've got to build up our faith and, and, and believe what God is saying. But then the action is very, very important. This is it, faith and action. I know what the word of God says. I believe it. I'm going to act on it. I'm going to live what I believe. That is the resurrection power. That's the power that God has given each one of us the moment we put our faith in him. But what happens is we often don't act on it, do we? I know that's my biggest problem. I have a decision to make. Getting hit with something, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Go to God's throne of grace for mercy and grace and, and, and act on faith? Or I'm going to cave in to the old temptations, the old feelings, the old lies, what, and Satan's attacks. What am I going to do? Are we living in Jesus Christ's resurrection power today, this Easter Sunday? What step are we stuck on? Maybe you're stuck, stuck on one of these steps. Maybe it's, you're still on the know. You've got to learn the word better. You've got to know the word. You've got to learn the promises of God so that you can act on it. Maybe it's, you know the word, but it's believing it. Your faith is struggling. Your faith is wavering. You're, you're like, the, the temptation is so strong. Every time it hits you, like, I'm going to cave in. I can't do this. You know, whatever, you know, discouragement, whatever. Maybe it's the faith step that we're stuck on. Maybe it's the action. Maybe we know it. We believe it. But it's just simply surrendering and acting by God's grace, God's mercy and grace in some area of our life, taking that step. Are we praying and are we battling in faith? And sometimes it's so strong that we have to get someone to help us with it. It's the prayer and the share. It, it's, it's not just the prayer, but sometimes we need to share with somebody and, and, and get somebody's encouragement. Think of anything in your life. You're having trouble in math? You get a tutor, right? You, know, you have an older brother or sister who'll sit with you. Or, or you get a tutor. You're having trouble. You want to be better at a sport? You find someone to, to, to coach you. It's the same thing spiritually. It's the body of Christ. We need each other. If there's something we're really struggling with, we can't defeat just on our own through prayer and, and battling. A lot of times you need to get some encouragement and support. Maybe here today, and you don't have Jesus Christ's resurrection power because you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ yet. But you can do that today. You're ready today because you realize the proof. You realize the prophecy and the proof. You see the picture. And you realize your spiritual need. You can do it today if we recognize our spiritual need. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Every one of us has sinned and we cannot come into God's presence. We cannot go to heaven someday. We are shut out from God's presence by his, from his glory because he can't have sin in his presence but he made a way out for us he made a way for us to come to him Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord he's given us a gift his son dying on the cross in our place and rising again from the dead to prove he was the son of God and to give us that resurrection power that's a gift that any one of us can receive. It's a gift. And if you receive that gift, it comes with our last P, a promise. Romans 10, 9 and 10 is a promise. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will 
be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. The promise, the promise that you can have real life starting right now and will go on through eternity. You don't just put, you don't, we don't just give our life to Jesus to get heaven someday. We do it to get earth someday. We get it to get earth today. We get it to get real life. Real, eternal life doesn't start when you put your faith in Jesus. It starts, it doesn't start, I'm sorry, eternal life doesn't start when you get to heaven someday. It starts the second you put your faith in Jesus. That's when real life starts. A whole new life starts. And it just extends on through eternity. That's the, the promise. And the proof of that promise is Jesus Christ's resurrection. That's the proof. That's the proof that we will be resurrected after we die. How do we know we're going to have a new life after we die? Because Jesus came back from the dead and said, you're going to get this too. We're going to have a resurrection too. That's the proof of the promise. The promise of, of heaven someday. Life now, a real life now, a meaningful life now, a purpose in our life now, and then heaven for eternity. That's why Christian funerals, they're hard. A lot of you have lost loved ones recently. We've had several people lose close, close family members recently. It's hard. It's sad. But the difference is we have hope. We grieve. You better believe it. We have to grieve just like anybody else. But through that whole grieving time, there is hope. There's hope. Hope. Because we know we will be resurrected. We know that the person who has died in Christ is going to be resurrected. We know we're going to be together someday with God. That's the hope that we have. And we have that promise because of Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, you will be saved. We can be saved. And that's what resurrection, Easter Sunday, is all about. It's the hope. It's the hope. Springtime. Here we are in spring. And all those little seeds that fell off of trees or people planted, all those dead little dry little seeds that looked like they were dead, dropped into the ground, going under the ground, and now it's spring. And what's happening? They're popping. The tiny seed opens with a pop. Remember that song, Junior Church? It opens with a pop, and out comes this, this plant. And that's a picture that God has put in nature that we can see the resurrection, that this new life springing up. Do you have that hope? This Resurrection Sunday, the reminders of spring, God's reminder of Jesus Christ's resurrection in our own. Every time you see a plant coming up, remember the resurrection of Christ and my own resurrection power. Every time we see a flower coming up that it looked like it was dead and it's coming back up again. Or every blossom that comes out. Blossoms everywhere. It's awesome. Every blossom. Every leaf. The tree was dead. There were no leaves. And there's leaves that looked like, looked like it was dead. But no, it's not dead. Waiting for the life. Waiting for spring to touch it again. And the leaves are popping out everywhere. The buds and the leaves everywhere. That's a picture that God has put in nature of our own, of Jesus' resurrection and our own resurrection. Someday we will live with him and we can experience that resurrection power right now. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, I want to encourage you to take time to pray now. Maybe you're here today on this Resurrection Sunday, this Easter Sunday, 
and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never experienced new life in Jesus Christ. But God's Spirit is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart. You can receive that promise right now that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right where you're sitting, right where you are right now, you can pray the prayer of faith. God, please forgive me. I repent of my sin, my old life. I repent of that. Please forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus who died for me, who came back from the dead for me. I'm putting my faith in him. And I'm going to follow him. I give you my life, God. My life, God. My life is yours. I'm going to follow you. I surrender this life to you. Forgiveness, faith, and follow. If you've prayed that prayer, today, something incredible has happened to you. You just died. You died spiritually. The old self died. But you've also resurrected. You also came back from the dead. And that second of prayer, your old self died and you came back a brand new person in Jesus Christ. You will never be the same. You are now a spiritual super person. Because God is your father. And I want to encourage you to let somebody know if you've prayed that prayer and given your life to God. Maybe you came with a friend or family member. If not, fill out the card, stick it in the box on the way out, or text me, call me, tell me. Let somebody know so that we could be excited for you and encourage you in your brand new life in Jesus Christ. And while we're praying, maybe you're here and you've already put your faith in Christ. But are we experiencing God's resurrection power? The resurrection power of his son, Jesus Christ. Are we living in that power? Or is there some area, step we're stuck on? Maybe it's knowing or believing or acting. Is there an area of our life that we have to take those steps of knowing that I'm dead to this? Of believing that I'm new in Christ? Of acting on that in an area of my life? Knowing, believing, acting. Is there some area that the Holy Spirit is convicting us of? Telling us that 
it's time to take that next step. Even if it means sharing it with someone and, and talking to someone and getting some encouragement from another brother or sister in Christ. Whatever it takes to take that next step, to, to whatever is blocking the resurrection power in our life. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Father, we pray that this Resurrection Sunday would be life-changing for each one of us. I pray that no one would leave here without putting their faith in you and in what your son Jesus did for us. And I pray for all of us as Christians that we would not leave here without surrendering to you. Whatever needs to be surrendered, that, that if we've walked in with shame, that it would be washed away. That, that if we walked in here with a burden on our back, we would lay it down at your feet. If we walked in with, maybe we've walked away from you, but this would be the day that we turn back to you and experience your love, which is always waiting for us, experiencing your love and your power and your purpose and your peace. I pray that for each person here, Father, starting with myself, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.